So Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, just to let you know, we've been in a stewardship series called First, giving God our first fruits. Now, the good news, I think we, we need to always speak on this. I think we need to do this every year. Uh, now, the good news for some of you might be saying, man, this is the third week. This is the last Sunday. So if you're a little bit nervous about it, don't worry. I'm done after this, after today. But we are going to take a look uh, one more time in what and why giving, giving matters. You know, giving our finances, giving our service, giving of our time. All those things matter to God. As a matter of fact, there was a story about a very wealthy man. He's a multimillionaire. There's a church meeting going on, and he wanted to share his testimony with the church. And so he walked up to the front of the church, and he began to share with the church how God had blessed him. He said, but I want to tell you when it started for me. He said, I was a little boy. I'd been working, and I got paid a $1 bill. He said, I was so proud of that $1 bill I had in my pocket. Went to church, and lo and behold, what is the preacher talking about? He's talking about giving about tithing. And he said he went through the message and uh, whenever they did that, he said they passed the offering plate around. And he said, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at that dollar bill thinking, man, I work for this thing. I love this dollar bill. He said, but but he really just sensed God was telling him, you give it all to me. He said, so I had a decision to make. Am I going to give it all or am I going to keep it for myself? He said, so I made a decision right then. I'm going to give it all to God. And he said, I did. I gave it all to God. And he said, I believe because of that decision, God changed my future. He said, I became a wealthy man because I was willing to give it all. And it started with that $1 bill. Now, everybody in the church just sat there, you know, just in in silent awe as the guy walked off the stage. He's walking by this elderly woman. She was a widow. She leaned over to him as he's walking by and she said, I dare you to do it again. Now, I, I like that story. And uh, so whenever we talk about, whenever we talk about giving, whenever we talk about tithing, a lot of times it makes us nervous. And there are some people who say, well, when you talk about giving, that's old fashioned. You know, that's Old Testament. I'm a New Testament Christian. And, and all those things, they, they sound good until you look and see what Jesus had to say. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17 and 18, don't assume that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. He said, I didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill. For I assure you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all things are accomplished. Now, today in our passage of Scripture, what we're going to see is that to God, even today, our giving matters. It still matters to God. And that shouldn't be a surprise to us. Because wherever it is that you put, wherever it is you put your time and your talents and your finances, those are the things that are closest to your heart. Those are the things that matter most to you. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so I just want us to look today in our text and we're just going to see how giving still matters even to this day. And we're going to see this in Luke 21. And just a little background information as you, as you might look there right now. Jesus had just, was with his disciples. He just finished speaking at, in the temple courts, which is right there in Jerusalem. He gets finished speaking. He goes over into the, by the temple treasury. He was near the court of women. And it's in the court of women, or near the court of women, where they had these little, uh, they had 13 trumpet-shaped receptacles where people would drop off their offerings, their tithes and offerings. That's where they gave their money. And I, I always thought it was, I just think it's interesting that it's by the court of women. I don't know if Jesus knew that, that women are the ones that always have the money or not. I don't know why, but that, that's where you would give, is right by the court of women. 
And so that's where you drop in your money. And so Jesus was sitting there and he was watching. He was paying attention to what was going on. And so it's in our very, in these very short four verses we're going to look at today. We're going to see why giving still matters. So, so why does it matter? Well, the first reason why giving matters is this, because Jesus pays attention to our giving. And that's really interesting. Jesus is paying attention to it. And we see this in our first two verses in chapter 21. It says, Jesus, he looked up, he saw the rich dropping their offerings into the, te- into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow dropping in two tiny coins. Now, like I said, Jesus had just finished preaching in the temple courts. He comes over into by the temple treasury, and, when, and he sat down. He's with his disciples. Now, he went there. It's not like he was going over there to take a break. You know, he wasn't looking for a sandwich and something to drink. I mean, Jesus went over there. He sat down with his disciples, and he sat down there for a reason. There was a purpose. It says that Jesus was sitting there. People were coming by. They were giving their tithes and offerings. It says, and Jesus looked up and saw... Now those words that very simply means that Jesus was observing people. He was watching them. He was taking a great interest, not just in what people were doing, but in what they were giving. So what what did he observe? Well, if you look back in verse number one, he observed, it says, rich people were putting their money in the trumpet-shaped receptacles. Now back during this day, they did not have um, paper money. Uh, All of their money was in coins. And this is the thing I found fascinating. So there's these 13 trumpet-shaped receptacles. And so when people would come by and give their money, they would drop their coins into those little receptacles. Now, whenever you drop in, if if you're wealthy and you're giving a lot of coins, you're dropping them in there. It makes a racket. Right? So, you know, it goes, you know, clink, clink, clink. I mean, it's just banging down at the bottom. So Jesus sees the wealthy give, and then he sees this widow woman... And you all know the story, you're familiar with her, it's the widow's mite story. And so she comes over, it's a very small amount of money. She has two little tiny copper coins, and she drops them into that, to that trumpet-shaped receptacle. And I'm sure that whenever those coins drop, they, they didn't make as impressive of a noise. You know, instead of like clink, clink, it made a little plink, plink sound, right? And so it's just a small little amount that she has given to the Lord. But, but here's what's interesting, is that Jesus noticed it. He noticed what the wealthy gave. He noticed what this poor lady gave. And my thought on that is that these verses should really grab our attention. And the reason why is because we should notice that as people were giving, Jesus was paying attention. He wasn't just paying attention to the person who gave the most. He was, a pay, he was paying attention to every person who came and shared. And, and that is a reminder to me that when I give, and really in everything that I do, Jesus is watching. And, and that, should, that should get all of our attention to know that Jesus pays attention to everything in your life. In what you think. In how you live. In what you give, in what you share. And I think sometimes we think there are things that I can hide from God. And if I hide some things from God, then He's never going to be the wiser. But you can't hide anything from God. Because God knows everything. Matter of fact, we, we learn this in Luke twelve seven. Jesus said, Indeed, the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. Now I've always loved that verse. 
And I love that verse because it shows me that God knows, the God who created the heavens and the earth knows how many hairs are on my head. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Now for some of you, that's not real hard. But he knew how many hairs were on your head a long time ago. So that, that's how personal our God is. And that, that should encourage you. God, God knows you. You're not just a number to him. He knows you. But it's also a little frightening to me. And it's frightening to me because he knows me. He knows me that intimately. He knows what's in my heart. He knows my thoughts and my motives and all those things. He knows and he even knows what I give. And, you know, giving's important because giving is always, it is an outward expression of what's on the inside of your heart, on the inside of your life. You know, we give to those things that we find important. You know, I can say a whole lot of things. I can say, I can talk about how much I love this church. I can talk about how important certain things are to me in my life, how important it is that I eat right and exercise, all those things. But those, talk doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, it's, I guess it's good, but what matters the most is how you back it up. Now, my giving is a major tool that backs up what is truly important to me. What you invest in shows what's important to you. I want to share with you a story about a company that, that uses its money in a way that shows what's truly important to them. Fortune magazine had, in 2015, the top 100 companies to work for. One of them was this company called Hillcore. And Hillcore, I, I'm not real sure, I, I was just amazed by what they did. I didn't really see what they made. You might want to start getting your resumes ready. But here's why it's such a great company to work for. In 2015, they gave every one of their workers, they had a banner year, they gave every one of their workers a $100,000 Christmas bonus. It didn't matter if you're an executive or if you're just a person who swept the floors there. Every person got a $100,000 bonus. That sound good to y'all? Um, our advisory team... We're kind of looking for that here at Village Church. So anyway, just kind of a kind of a cool thing. Now, they did that. They said that they did this because they want their workers to know they are a part of a team. That everything that, that you do contributes to making this company a success. That they value, their, they value their workers. So they put their money where their mouth is. Now, this wasn't unusual for them. Two years before, they'd had another banner year. They offered ever, every employee either a $50,000 brand new car or $35,000 in cash. I mean, that is impressive. Now, now, why did they do those things? They did those things because they wanted to show they were putting their money in what they truly valued. Same thing's true for us. We're going to put our money in that which we truly value. But keep this in mind. Jesus, he pays attention to us. He knows what's going on in our lives. And so the first reason why giving matters, because Jesus pays attention to our giving. But here's another reason why giving matters. It's because Jesus pays attention to our motivation in giving. And I, and I shared this last week. It's, I think it's worth reiterating. We see it in our story. In verse number 2, it says, Jesus also saw a poor widow dropping in two tiny coins. And I always think it's interesting that motivation in giving with God, it truly matters. As Jesus was observantly watching people give, there were a couple things he noticed. And in verse number one, he noticed, it says, the rich people were dropping in their offerings. Like I said, they didn't have paper money then. So they'd come up to those little trumpet-shaped receptacles, and they would dump it in there. And it would just, you know, just make a racket. 
And they were doing that in order to get attention. They wanted people to know, look how much we're giving. I mean, you hear it, and people would turn around and go, oh, that guy must be giving a lot. And you hear that racket? But Jesus had something to say about this. In Matthew 6, 1 and 2, he said, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people, to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, this is interesting to me, don't sound a trumpet before you. Remember those giving receptacles? They're trumpet-shaped. Jesus said, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. He said, I assure you, they've gotten their reward. Now you might be thinking, well, why, whenever it comes to giving, why does motivation matter when it comes to giving? Because I know for me personally, it doesn't matter a whole lot to me. I don't care what your motivation is. If you come up to me and say, Eric, you know, I'd like to give you a million dollars. And I'm only doing it because I want to get my name in the paper. You know, it has nothing to do with you. Now, I don't know how y'all would respond. I can tell you how I'm going to respond. I, I'm, not going to do, I'm not going to do this. You know what? Your motivation is not pure. So you just keep the money. Y'all, I'm not that pure. I'm going to be like, you know what? I don't care. Give me the money, right? I mean, that's just sort of how, th- how I'm thinking. But here's the deal. With God, did you, God's not that way. You know, God is not sitting here looking at us saying, man, I hope that I want their money so desperately. That's not how God is. God's not interested in that. You know why? Because everything already belongs to God. It's already His. We're told that in Psalm 24, 1, it says, The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. It are, it, it's already His. So that's why when it comes to, you know, how much are you given? When it comes to God, God doesn't care about your amount that you were given. Why? Because it's His anyway. You know, the amount does not matter. What matters? Motivation. Now, what was the motivation of the people in our text when they gave? If you look in verse number one, the motivation, people were coming by, the, the wealthier people, they were dropping in their money for themselves. They, they want to get attention. They wanted people around them to be impressed and to look at them and say, man, look how much that guy is giving. That is absolutely incredible. They wanted to be popular. Man, who doesn't want to be popular? You know, who doesn't want to be well-liked by people? We all want to be liked by people. But what we were seeing here is that more important than that is not to be liked by people, but to be pleasing to God, first of all. First Thessalonians 2, 4 says, Instead, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please men, but rather God who examines the heart. Now think about that. God, the Bible says, God is the one who examines the heart. God examines your heart. That word examine, it means he will test it. It means he scrutinizes. He scrutinizes to see if something is genuine or not. So it's not simply enough to give. God is calling for us to give with right motives. You know, just because something looks good doesn't mean it is good. Right? Uh, the, the Queen Mary was the largest ship that was built in 1936. It was on the seas for four decades. It served during World War II, and then finally it was, it was put out to pasture, so to speak, in Long Beach, California. A guy in Long Beach bought the Queen Mary, and he was going to turn it into a floating restaurant. It was a huge ship. I mean, it had these three huge smokestacks on it. And so before they were going to use it, they had to refurbish the ship. And so one of the things they were going to do is they were going to scrape the paint on the smokestacks and repaint them. So they began to scrape the smokestacks. And when they did, what they discovered is those smokestacks were covered in 30 coats of paint over the years. 30 coats. When they finally scraped it all the way down, 
what they discovered is that three quarter inch steel plates that made up the smokestacks, they were gone. They had rusted away. The smokestacks were simply, just simply had a paint veneer and that was it. Now they looked good, but there was no substance to it. They looked good on the outside, but there was nothing on the inside. I'm afraid sometimes whenever it comes to our service and our dedication and our giving to the Lord, we are like those smokestacks. We can look good on the outside, but on the inside there's nothing there. Because our motives is, are, are not, our motives are not for God. Many times it's just simply for ourselves. Just because something looked good doesn't mean that it is good. So does our giving, does it matter? Man, it matters. It matters because what I see in our text is Jesus pays attention to our giving. He pays attention to the motives of our giving. And then here's the final reason why giving matters. It's because Jesus pays attention to the proportion of our giving. And and this is an important one. He pays attention to the proportion. If you look in verse 3, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For all these people have put in gifts out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all she's had to live on. Now, when you take the the widow and then the other people who gave, there is no competition about who gave the most, right? No doubt about it. Remember, they're dropping their coins into that little trumpet-shaped receptacle. I mean, it's making a racket when the wealthy people are dropping in there. No, they gave more. Absolutely no doubt about it. They win the contest. But like I said earlier, everything belongs to God. It's all His anyway. And so amount isn't what impresses God. So what is it that impresses God? It's not the portion of our gifts, but it is the proportion of our gifts. Now, who gave the greatest proportion? No doubt it was the widow. That's what we're told. If you look in verse number 3, Jesus said, This poor widow has put in more than all of them. Now, how how was that possible? Because she gave a larger proportion. In verse number 4, it says the wealthy gave out of their surplus. Now, another, I think another translation for that that would work well is the wealthy gave God their leftovers. Now, I'm like, probably like anybody else, I like leftovers. You know, it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me when I go home and say, hey, we're going to have leftovers. That's good to me because I liked it the night before. I'm guessing I'll probably like it again. So leftovers are fine with me. But, but there is no doubt that the first time it's served is always better than like the fourth time it's served, right? You know, now my, my taste buds apparently are not all that, you know, necessarily all that great. It doesn't matter to me. It can be the fourth or fifth time that it's going to be served. I'm just going to eat it still because I'm just glad to have food. But, but I, while I might be okay with leftovers, God is not okay with leftovers. Because God, God, is, God is different than you and me. God, when it comes to our giving to Him, He wants the best that we have. Now some of you might think, well, isn't something better than nothing? Well, maybe for us it is, but, but not for God. As a matter of fact, God rebuked people for not giving Him their best. In Malachi 1, 13 and 14, God said, You bring stolen, lame, or sick animals. You bring these things to me as an offering. Am I to accept that from your hands? Asked the Lord. The deceiver is cursed, who has an acceptable male in his flock, and makes a vow, but he sacrifices a defective animal to the Lord. For I'm a great king, says Yahweh of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. God does not want leftovers. He is a holy and righteous God. What does He desire? What does He 
call for his people to give him. He says, I want you to give me your best. And that's what he got from the widow. The, the widow's best is two tiny coins. Why do those two tiny coins represent the best she had? Because it represented all that she had. If you look back in our verses, it says she gave out of her poverty all that she had. That word all can also be transla- translated absolutely all that she had. Now, why would she do something like that? Because she felt God calling her to do that. But she gave God her all because she believed that when she gave to God, God would provide. That's one of my favorite things about giving. When you give, it is then that you get to see. It's something tangible that you can do where you see God keep his promises. God says, you, 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 you are faithful for with what I have given to you, and I will be faithful in taking care of you. This lady gave all that she had because she was trusting God would continue to provide for her. You know, one of the names for God in the Old Testament is Jehovah Jireh. That, that means the Lord will provide. And this lady was believing that God would provide for her. Her giving, it was significant because of its proportion. It wasn't the portion, it was the proportion. Now, there, there are some who say, I give a lot. But if it's out of your leftovers, and guys, all that we are doing is we're simply giving God a tip. God's not looking for a tip from us. He's looking for all of us. He's looking for us to give him all that we are to him. So how do I do that? I give him the first of what I have. I trust God with my giving. Say, God, I'm going to give this to you. You're going to be the first, you're going to be the first thing that I give towards in all that I have. And Lord, I'm going to trust you with the rest. If we do that, what happens? Well, there's a promise. Malachi 3.10. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. God says, test me in this. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. God says, test me. Now, when God says, test me, you ought to do it. Emily and I have, have tithed and given our offerings from the very first day we got married. Now, we have done that because we had good teachers at home. Our, mom and our, our, our moms and our dads taught us how to give. They taught us the importance of giving. And so just from the very beginning, we, it just was a habit for us. It was something that we knew that we were supposed to do. And so we've always given. And so it's interesting. Every, at the church, we, always, we get a giving statement. And so I will look at the giving statement. And, I'll, and every time I'll look at the giving statement, and here's what I always say. I did not miss one single penny of what I gave to God. You know why? Because God keep, keeps his promise still. Malachi 3.10, test me in this. See if I will not pour out the floodgates of heaven. That's, that's what God does. I, I have, we eat three meals a day. We pay our bills. We have a roof over our head. God takes care of me. And I look at that and I think, I cannot think of anything better to invest in than a work of God, than the things of God. Let, let me tell you, in the past year, this is what's happened at Village Church. Through the ministry of Village Church, because of your faithfulness and your generosity in giving. This past year, over 100 people came into a relationship with Jesus Christ through the ministry of Village Church. This past year, over 400 people have been involved in V-group ministry, our small group ministry, being discipled at this church through your giving. Uh, this year, over 800 people have gathered to worship here every Sunday morning. This year, in our church, students at Blythewood High School, Ridgeview High School, 
Blythewood, Muller, Kelly Mill Middle Schools, Lake Carolina, Upper and Lower, Bethel Hanbury, Langford, and Roundtop Elementary Schools have received ministry from this church. Disciples Village in Haiti has received financial help from this church along with a construction team that has gone down there for the past number of years in order to do construction work. Our church has been able to provide family-friendly events this year that have attracted thousands of people at Doco Manor and the YMCA. That's just simply a small list of some of the ministries that our church has been involved in because of your generosity. But then I think, what would happen if even more of us We're faithful to the Lord in our giving. How much greater of an impact and ministry impact can we have? Have y'all seen the the houses going up next door? I'm sure you haven't. It is a totally... Every time I come to work, I'm like, where did that come from? Okay, now let me tell you something. I I drive by there, and now I'm a pastor. Now, I also live over here, but I'm also a pastor. When I drive by there, I think, y'all, do you know how many houses are going to be over there? This will blow your mind. Anybody want to guess? Not a thousand. Man, close. 400. 400 houses are going to be coming in. Almost 400 right over here. Now, now I know for some of you, you're, you're thinking, I drive my school, my kid to school every day. What's that going to mean for traffic? Okay, just put that out of your mind right now. Let's, let's be Christian. Here's what I'm thinking. That is a new mission field for Village Church. We have the opportunity to go next door and begin to minister in that community for the purpose of pointing people to Jesus. You are not here by accident with that coming in next door. I guarantee you, God knew that was going to happen. And if we continue to be faithful in our giving and new people come on and begin to trust God in their giving, guys, we will have an opportunity to do big things for God. You know, we did balloons and tunes. And those thousands of people came. I sat there and it was a reminder to me, you know what? A church like ours can do big and powerful things for God. And so my encouragement to you is let, let's give. Let's give so we can see what God's going to do. So, so, so what can we do? Well, here's, here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you when Jesus says or when God says in Malachi 3.10, test me in this, test God. I want to encourage you to give a tithe. Now, we're not going to force you to do that. You know, we're not going to do that. That's just between you and the Lord. But we want to encourage you in obedience to the Lord. Test God in this. You want to see something tangible happen in your life. When God gives a command, test him in it. Trust him in it. You haven't given a tithe that you'd like to. Well, here's here's something that's good. We're going to have ushers standing at the back with baskets like we do every Sunday. And you might want more information about the church. You might, want to, you might want to sign up for some ministries in the church, and you can fill that out in your contact form. Tear it out when those ushers have those baskets back there. You drop that in there. Others, you might say, you know what, I need to test the Lord today. You, drop, drop an offering in those baskets as you walk out today. But here's how I want to close the service. We have a couple in our church, Greg and Gina Banks, and they, they tested God. And I'd like for you just to watch their testimony of when they tested God and how God blessed them. Hello, we're uh, Greg and Gina Banks, and we've been a member of the Village Church for six years. And I guess it was five years ago that we took the financial peace class uh, and was very instrumental in our life. When we took the financial peace class about five years ago, like Greg said, 
It's really when it changed how we how we looked at, at tithing. Um, you know, we've been members of churches our whole life, and at times, you know, when we would wouldn't really consistently go, but when we would, we would just kind of put the money in the plate as we as the plate went by. But it was never really a consistent amount. Never was really what God's telling us to do at 10%. So when we did the financial piece, it was something we dedicated ourselves to doing. And so we we would write the check, bring it to church on Sunday, put it in the um, baskets that it went by. I remember after a few weeks um, and seeing that money kind of coming out of the account, I would have these little hard, you know, bad thoughts of, God, that's a lot of money, or, you know, wow, what are we doing? And I would... I said something to Greg, and Greg goes, you know, Gina, it's God's money anyway, so it's not ours. Um, both my parents passed away in 2016, and I was the executor, and um, was coming to the time that we needed to fi um, finish up the financial part of it, and it was a, it became kind of a struggle at, at some point, and I just remember praying and just, you know, asking for God's guidance on how to to finalize the, the, the estate. So he, he, I finally, you know, he finally gave me the answer of what I needed to do. And I remember having such peace and I was actually giving up a good bit of the, the funds um, just to make everybody happy and to get through it. And it was about five minutes after I um, finally came to that, that resolution of what to do that the phone rang and it generated some sales that ended up pretty much um, replacing or replenishing everything that I gave up. So it, it again, God just takes care of us. And, 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 I, and I don't stress over money near as much as, you know, we did early on in our lives. And because we just know God will take care of our finances. There's a, Eric gave a uh, illustration the other night. Until you let go and open your hand, God can't put it back in your hand. And then Malachi 10, I mean 3.10 says that if you give tithes to test me, and I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour the blessings out. More than enough that you'll have room for. 